Hello and welcome to the first ever Battleborn Leafs post-game recap episode. I'm your solo host today, Joshua Insamo, as I break down this big Leafs win at the United Center, 3-2 in overtime. Alright, so let's get started. In the first period, the Leafs came out a little flat, I found. Um, you know, the chances were there, but Chicago mostly dominated the play at the start. It looks like they had a quicker jump in their step coming out. I think most of this was due to the fact that, you know, the place that the Chicago Blackhawks organization is in right now, I think that kind of gave them a jump, you know, to get off on the right foot here. They uh, still they were holding that record of um, not holding a single lead through the first six games of the season for them, uh, which is definitely a problem uh, for a team that went out like they did and acquired so much during the offseason because uh, they really thought that they were a playoff contender going into the season. So they came out hungry, a little uh, more effort than the Leafs did in the start. Uh, that's why they uh, actually started this game with a two-goal lead, right? Um, the first goal was, uh, you know, one that shouldn't be happening um, on most nights if the Leafs want to be a playoff contender. Uh, that was a kind of uh, weak systematic play by Toronto. Um, Kirby Doc on the power play uh, just... Walked right in through the neutral zone with authority, and he made what's supposed to be our, you know, best kind of shutdown defenseman, uh, Jake Muzzin, look like an absolute donkey out there. And I know it's early in the season to criticize people and, you know, to pinpoint them with uh, what's wrong with this Leafs team in the start, but Jake Muzzin has not had a pretty start to the season. And, uh, Throughout the night, if you're watching this game, you can see that, you know, constantly he was the one that was, you know, on the eye test, the one that was kind of in the wrong spots at the wrong times. Uh, So Jake just uh, got absolutely undressed in this one. On this goal here, Kirby uh, went upstairs on Campbell, and uh, that got Chicago off to 1-0 lead. And I know that kind of made, well, that made me nervous for sure, but I'm sure a lot of Leaf Nation was like, oh, no, let's please not lose another one. Uh, so then uh, later on in the first period, with about five minutes left, uh, Alex Dabrinkit gets on the board. Um, this was kind of, you know, a short-sided breakaway. It was a mini breakaway. Uh, what I noticed watching this play was that it was actually kind of a bad change by Brody. Well, it was more unlucky because uh, Justin Hall got the puck back and he didn't get it as far as he wanted to. And the Leafs lost possession around half. And then uh, they made the smart play of, it was Seth Jones, the Chicago defense made the smart play to send it over to Debrinkit, who was wide open on uh, the left flank of the ice. And Debrinkit walked right in and went upstairs on Campbell again to take a 2-0 lead so early. And, you know, Muzzin and Hall are a defensive pair uh, for this team. And they're supposed to be considered the shutdown pairing. Uh, So far this season, through the first eight games, they've actually been the quite opposite of shutdown. Um, if you look at their advanced analytics in this game alone, they actually had the highest expected uh, goals against um, than any other lease pairing by a pretty far margin. Um, that's not good. Uh, that speaks, you know, a lot of red flags there if this team wants to make uh, make a run in the postseason if they get there, which is so- certainly not a given. Um, so this pairing, if they are going to be the shutdown pairing, needs to tighten up for sure. Because if this pairing is going to be uh, weak and uh, not what the Leafs kind of view them as, then we're going to have a lot of problems moving forward with this team. And especially going into the playoffs, 
because in a playoff series, when you get stuck with, you know, teams that are very high talent, like Boston and uh, teams like Washington and stuff like we've played years prior, um, you need a shutdown pairing to stop guys like Pasternak and Ovechkin and the other many stars that complement both those players. Um, so then we go to the second period. Uh, John Tavares gets on the board. I was really happy to see John score. I think uh, John's a competitor, and you know um, a lot of people have been critical of his play. I know even I have in the last episode. I don't think he's really shown his best uh, abilities. I still think John has a lot left in the tank. I think that's why he's being paid the money he has for the amount of years left. So it's nice to see John kind of, you know, get on the score sheet. Um, this goal was actually assisted by Mitch, which I was happy for Mitch because I think Mitch is a great player. Um, you know, uh, Marner, he's kind of a like it, in the Leaf fan base here. Uh, you're really divided on where you stand with Marner. Uh, we're all divided in different areas because we have the people that love him and will for, uh, forever love him because he is a phenomenal player. No matter what you think about him, there is not what uh, many guys in the National Hockey League can do like he can. Um, then you also have the guys that hate him, just, just want him gone. And then you have the ones that are kind of the casual, whatever, yeah, I like him, or, you know, he needs to go. They're always in between there. They fluctuate. So it's nice to see them get on the board, both those guys. I like that they're back together on the second line. I think that they work best together. And uh, I really think that that, you know, Tavares kind of uh, in front of the goal kind of player really compliments a guy like Marner who likes to, you know, be more of a playmaker. And when Tavares had his 52-goal season with us in Toronto, it was mostly Marner that played on his wing. So I really like going back to that thing, uh, that line, that combination. And I think it's working for the top line too. I think Nylander and Matthews, uh, they really had, they hit a like a spark uh, midway through the second period, those two, where their legs were just constantly moving. Um, they really dominated play for uh, a few shifts, which really got the Leafs jumping in this one. I think up until this point, the Leafs were probably, you know, being getting outplayed by Chicago. But once Matthews and uh, Willie kind of hit their feet in that uh, shift, then right after that, the one-two punch of uh, the Tavares line and the Matthews line just kept rotating, and Keith kept going one after the other. I think that really shelled Chicago in, and uh, the Leafs really made it um, their kind of game. They were fast cycling through the zones, just a couple unlucky bounces. But you know this Leafs team um, statistically should have a lot more goals um, with their play so far, even though uh, a lot of people have been critical on them. They do lead a lot of categories in expected goals and shots and shooting chances, which we mentioned in the last episode. So, you know, eventually I know a lot of people get mad when um, people say this, but the goals are going to come with this team, which is true. Uh, this has mostly been unlucky on the offensive part. I know it's, you know, not an excuse, but, you know, for a team that's dominating, like they're dominating these offensive categories, like they're first in almost every single one. Um Eventually, the puck's going to go in the back of that. They've ran into Hawk goaltenders like Shesterkin and Jari. So, uh, you know, but eventually these are going to start to go in. And I think we kind of saw that tonight, right? Like they really turned that game over in the middle of that second period was, was those two uh, lines. And that's what we need from this team moving forward. Your big guns uh, got to show up. And that's what we mentioned um, in the episodes prior to this one was that if the big guns don't really show up, then this team doesn't really have a chance. But I kind of like what I saw from them tonight. Um, moving into the third, 
In the third period, the Leafs kind of came out flat, which is a little disappointing. You know, Chicago had some really good chances, and, you know, the goal horn went off twice, which kind of, you know, was like, oh, man, like, we had such a good end to the second. Like, let's continue to build off it. But that was scary to start the third, right? Um, you know, we did get a power play from uh, the one chance. Um, so keeping Chicago off the board after the goalie interference call was big because then on the power play here, I really thought that they were going to get this goal uh, on this power play. I thought this Leafs team was clicking from the second, and this is just the opportunity they needed. Unfortunately, they came close. They hit the post. They hit the bar. It was, uh, you know, like a really good power play, the way they cycled the puck. It was really encouraging to see. And honestly, there was a lot of shifts in this game where I think this might have been their best uh, shifts on the season in total, including the wins back in Toronto. You know, I wasn't really happy with the way they played in the opener. I thought that, you know, they should have handled that Montreal team way better. In the Ottawa game, too, I know they did win that one. But, you know, I thought that this couple shifts uh, later on in the second, heading into the middle of the third, were probably their best shifts that we've seen all season long, which was really encouraging. And I was really excited uh, to see how this te uh, team would finish this game because I really, you know, when you kind of get that feeling that the Leafs are going to score and they're going to tie it, I really felt that um, because of how much they were cycling and dominating the play. Uh, but... So before I get to the camp goal, which was, you know, awesome to see. Camp didn't score a single goal at the United Center last year. So I'll touch on that in a sec. But it was actually the play of Jack Campbell that kept the Leafs in this game for most of it. And I know a lot of people have been critical on his play, especially after the last game losing to Carolina. And people are like, oh, we should have kept Freddie Anderson. Yeah, that's a different topic. I'm not going to touch too much about it. You know, I am a Freddie guy uh, here on the show. But Jack Campbell was awesome in this game after the first two goals you know he made uh i think it was like uh 28 saves in this one 27 saves uh he just really uh you know took this uh to the next level when this leaves needed this win badly and when you have a goalie like that that's able to give you a chance um this team is going to do well and we've saw that with freddie anderson when freddie used to you know how those stellar games where you'd make those 41 save games against teams like Boston and Edmonton during the regular season and the Leafs somehow undeservingly uh, got the two points in that one. Well, yeah, if Jack Campbell can still do these games moving forward, this team is going to be, you know, a really uh, good competitor. So Jack made some awesome saves. You know, uh, the dock goal kind of was a little soft. I know some goalie critics, I was speaking to some friends, they think that he might have should have had that one. But, you know, there's not much you can ask from a goalie that uh, the way Jack played tonight, he made some crucial saves because I'm telling you, if those pucks go in, uh, this turns into a 4-1 game uh, going into the third, and the Leafs probably lose that, you know, like 4-2, 5-1. So Jack really stepped up in this one. Full credit out to him. So let's move back to the camp goal. Yes, camp spin backhand was an absolute beauty. Caught Lankinen totally off guard. Got me jumping out of my seat. That was awesome to see uh, David Camp get his first goal as a Toronto Maple Leaf in the regular season against his former team. That was, you know, so awesome that it was almost movie line scripted uh, after being a former Hawk and, like I said, not scoring at the United Center all last season. Uh, you know, as he's more known as a defensive center, um, which is somebody that's actually made uh, a really good impact on this Leafs team in a dark, you know, kind of start here. I really like what I've seen from David. I think he provides what the Leafs have been looking for for a while now. 
So the Leafs then, um, from there on, they got a power play. They couldn't convert on it, which is kind of frustrating. I thought the Leafs could have converted on that and just ended this one in regulation. But we go to overtime in this. Matthews came close early, starting off the OT. Didn't get it. Stick kind of broke on him there. Then Hawks got another chance going the other way. They should have probably capitalized on that too. We got kind of lucky, but that's how overtime is, right? It's three on three back and forth. Both teams having chances. And then Matthews around center ice gives a nice feed to Nylander. And Willie walks right in, tucks it five hole. And the Leafs win this one, taking the two points in overtime. So Leafs are back in the win column, which is nice to finally talk about after a while. You know, it's been a little rough uh, these last few uh, days here in Leafs Nation. But, you know, after this one, a lot of Leafs Nation should be encouraged because I find a lot of people are panicking. Like, I know yesterday's episode, it was uh, kind of like a dark and angry episode. I kind of let my emotions out. Uh, so you, the fans, guys, I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm uh, feeling right now. But this is an encouraging win. Here's why. The Leafs were able to come back, right? They battled adversity. Um, they were down 2 nothing. They came back. They found a way to win this one against the Chicago team that was also hungry for their uh, first win of the season, you know, despite whatever they're going on through. Um, that organization's a mess right now. So, you know, they definitely wanted the win in this one. They were definitely throwing the kitchen sink at Toronto. And that's why they they were really putting on pressure. It, like, it wasn't like the Leafs from when they got those uh, couple shifts in the second period where they started to turn the pace of play to their favor. Um, Chicago did come out in the third period hungry, and they did want to finish this game off. But Jack Campbell and the rest of the team were able to kind of hold them off and then get their chance and capitalize on it, which is really encouraging because now the Leafs have a home game against the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada at Scotiabank Arena. I will be in attendance for those of you that are there and you want to take a picture and meet up and talk some Leafs. Give me a shout. Um, so after the Detroit game, which in my opinion, I think they should win that one. Uh, the Leafs, you know, it's a division opponent, um, but I think they're, you know, they're the better team roster-wise and expectation-wise. Also, it doesn't look like Tyler Bertuzzi will be playing in that one too, which is uh, one of Detroit's top players. As he's unvaccinated, so he will not be playing in that one. But they also have a lot of young, you know, really good players that have made an impact on the season, like defenseman Moritz Sider, who is a top draft pick, and Lucas Raymond, who is also a top draft pick, the winger, who just got a hat trick against the Chicago team on Sunday. So, you know, it's going to come down to the wire in this one, I think. But I think the Leafs are definitely going to come out with the win um, on home ice. This would be a nice way to start the homestand because then we got teams like Vegas, Boston. Uh, Tampa Bay and LA coming. I don't know if that's all correct for sure, but to remember seeing on the calendar. So um, the Leafs have a nice homestand coming up. It's going to be really crucial to get as much points as we can from that, especially when Boston comes to town because, you know, the Atlantic division and their opponents are, you know, this playoff run is going to be so tight uh, at the end of the year when we get to late April that, you know, it's going to be split by a couple points. So I think tonight was a good win. I really liked what I saw from the Leafs team. Um, I'm looking forward to Saturday. Uh, so, you know, I think things are turning around in a positive direction here. I just watched uh, John Tavares' post-game interview, and he seemed in a much better mood, much better tempo in his voice when he was speaking, talking about how he felt the team had a really good intermission there. You know, they spoke about not giving up and how, you know, they can turn this around. And I really think Jack backed that up for them. I really think Campbell is a huge part of this win, 
And if Campbell plays like this moving forward uh, in this Leafs team, you know, the Stars kind of got there tonight. They were, they're all over, like, they're, they're on the score sheet if you look at it on the goals. It says it's here and there from Morgan Riley, Marner, Matthews, Tavares with a goal, Nylander with a goal. So if they can continue this moving forward, you know, maybe provide a little bit more of an offense, then this team is going to have no problem winning games. And uh, everybody in Leafs Nation, you guys know, when this team gets hot, they can go on a run. So don't think that for once that the season's over. Trust me. Believe the season's just starting. We're playing our ninth game on Saturday against the Red Wings. So, you know, extremely early. Peter Morazic was actually skating at practice, uh, so he should be uh, nearing a return. Maybe we'll see him Saturday. I'm not sure. Uh, but I definitely think he plays at least once on the homestand coming up. So um, tomorrow uh, we might be recording a trade target uh, podcast episode, which I know a lot of you guys might enjoy. A lot of people are saying that the Leafs need to make a trade, which I think is a little early to do so. But, you know, what's better than talking trades, right? So uh, I'm going to see. Maybe we'll get one out tomorrow, maybe on the weekend or maybe on the Monday or Tuesday. But we're definitely going to try and get, you know, a small little short segment in on players that we think that are available for trade that the Leafs can kind of bring in and wouldn't have to spend too much on and keep it as realistic as possible. So, yeah, uh, stay tuned on the Battleborn uh, Leafs podcast Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Battleborn Leafs pod for both. Uh, we will be posting a lot on there. We post post games, uh, pre games, and whenever there's something big going on in other Leafs media, uh, when we're not posting podcast episodes. So uh, let's get the win on Saturday, and I'll see you again probably this weekend or maybe even tomorrow for a trade episode. Thank you, Leaf Faithful. Have a good night.